Welcome to Let's Talk About Trauma. I'm your host, Kayla Meredith. As a trauma survivor myself, I really wanted to create a space where together we could talk about all things related to trauma. So what you'll find here are conversations that talk about the impacts of trauma, educational points on trauma and trauma healing, but also conversations that talk to people who are sharing their lived experience with it and how they're currently navigating through it. It's important to note that once you listen, you automatically become part of the fam. So thank you so much for being here. Connection, honesty, and realness really are at the heart of what I do. If you enjoy this episode today and would like to further support, please subscribe and head on over to the reviews to comment and say hello. To work with me or learn more about what I do, you can find me by searching at Kayla Meredith or the Move to Heal Project on Instagram and TikTok. Or you can click the link below to learn more. I am so incredibly excited to welcome my friend Karina Chrysler to the podcast. So Karina is a transformational astrologer and solo sacred sexuality mentor who specializes in helping women heal and fully embody who they are by using the wisdom of the cosmos and the sacredness of the cosmic womb. Through group classes, moon ceremonies, and as a contributing writer to Well and Good, she uses astrology and ancient feminine practices to activate clarity of purpose, self-understanding, and personal power in her clients and community. Karina is filled with so much wisdom and insight, and she has helped me tremendously. I cannot say enough positive things about the work that she does, and so I am very much looking forward to sharing this episode with all of you. Let's listen in. I'm sitting with my dear friend, Karina Chrysler. Hello, Karina. Hello, how are you? I'm so excited that we're going to chat and connect today. Also wanted to note that Karina is here to chat all things astrology. She's a transformational astrologist, literally one of the most wisest and intuitive humans that I've ever met in my entire life. Now I'm fangirling. <laughs> now I'm fangirling, but thank you so much for taking the time to chat and connect with me today and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love you too. So I'm looking forward to it. The love is mutual. <laughs> with, um, with any guests that I have on the show, before we dive into topics of discussion, I always want to throw out the opportunity for, you know, a little intro. You know, what book are you reading? Where are you from? What's your favorite color? Like anything that you want to share about yourself? Those are all surface level questions. Like you could go deeper if you want, but please introduce yourself. <laughs> so I am, as you said, I'm a transformational astrologer. I also closely work with um, the divine feminine and helping women really connect to their bodies and understand that their sexuality is not separate from their spirituality. I guess it comes from a really long passion of mine around ancient Egypt and the goddess. And I'm a Scorpio moon with a conjunct Uranus. So I have this thirst for information and going to sort of the depths of the mysteries of a lot of, of the world, which is why 
astrology just came so naturally to me. In terms of reading books, I'm reading The Poet Prince right now by Kathleen McGowan. She has a trilogy of basically her, her um, I guess her destiny in a way is really to bring out the lost stories of the feminine through the Catholic Church and through patriarchy and a lot of the systems that took away a lot of power from women. So her dedication is around Mary Magdalene who is one of my mentors as well. And it's really showing us, you know, that art will save the world. You know, I used to want to be an art professor when I was actually younger and study art history, but my guidance counselor told me I wouldn't be able to make any money or be successful. Yeah. Worst guidance counselor. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Yeah, so I went to my second passion, which was naturopathy and and alternative health. But yes, I I am a big lover of art. I eventually want to live in Italy just so I can be in that energy and see art everywhere I go. Uh, And this book is just sort of uncovering the secrets that art has. You know, it's we can look at a picture and perceive it to be a one way, but literally there's so many messages behind that picture which is really a lot of the essence of what I do is I love to show women the hidden things that their subconscious holds that's really preventing a lot of pain or blockages or repetitive patterns in their life so that they can really see it and empower themselves to really birth the life that they desire. Your knowledge is so vast and I feel like I learned something new about you every time that we talk (laughs) and thank you for sharing that and also I had no idea about the art component and also about the naturopathic component too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a period of time where I was really interested like really wanting to venture into naturopathic medicine I mean, this is a, a topic maybe for another time, but I, because naturopathic medicine, I believe saved my life, but it was yeah. so science based and I'm so not sciencey. <laughs> I'm right. very like, you know me, you know, I'm like so creative and like very bright, like right brain dominant, I guess. But, um, so eventually I just, I just started learning about it more as a hobby than anything else. But I didn't know that we had, we both had that overlap of interest. Yeah. Yeah, I um I went to the naturopathic college when I was like 16 to check it out. Like it was definitely, you know, when I was younger, I used to always look into herbs and study them and grow like uh, my father's a botanist. So, you know, we would have gardens and uh, it was a big passion still is. Um, but like you, um, I got really lucky out of university and started working for a firm that worked with natural health products with the government and, and getting them approved and ended up going down, you know, more of the product development side and proving the efficacy of plants, which was really more designed in terms of who I am. Cause like you, I'm very creative too. So opened up, you know, a really big world. I helped my mother with lupus, you know, it changed my mom's life. Really. She's has been 
hasn't had to take any drugs for over a decade to manage her disease because of it. So yeah, it's a big passion of, of mine, but it's changed over the years. You know, I used to be very scientific based and now I look at plants as energy, like everything else and formulate and take herbs based on their energetic or light properties now. So I've changed a little bit with it, but yes, much, much love to the naturopaths and all the healers out there that, you know, are contributing to really coming back to, you know, the ancient ways of, of taking care of ourselves. I have things to add and then also things to ask you about, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know where to start, but okay, wait, let me just gather my thoughts. Okay. That's so cool. I just have to nerd out for a second and say, that's so cool that your dad's a botanist. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. He's, uh, he's an artist too. So he's the one that really fostered that, um, that aspect of me loving art. Cause I mean, as a very intuitive child and knowing my astrological chart now, I would have, you know, (laughs) now I can see like, I'm all water. So I'm so emotional and so intuitive and I hold, like I can feel everything. Right. So when I was a kid, I had a hard time possibly fitting in or feeling uncomfortable in social situations because of that. But art was sort of my outlet to really be able to express myself and gardening too and plants as well because of him. So that was a bonus for me. Where I'm thinking about or what I'm thinking about as you're sharing is how did you get from, you know, this interest in botany or plants and naturopathic medicine? I mean, what brought you into this line of work, like into the line of work that you do now? Mm -hmm. Or what was the bridge? Yeah, well, I would say I got a little bit lost when I was uh, not, well, yeah, let's just call it as it is lost. Um, Out of university, I really didn't know how to put all the things that I loved together, right? Because that that is, that is like, how do you merge art with plants, with astrology and ancient Egypt? Like, it's kind of a lot. So I ended up having a uh, very big career. I I formulated a line of products for a, a company in Paris, France, and led that for 10 years and had like crazy success, a lot of, um, a lot of business experience, which is why I love working with women and their purpose and helping them, you know, really formulate the business that they desire. But in that, I think a lot of the, the natural, you know, passions I had, had to fall on the wayside. (laughs) And it was really a time in my mid thirties that I realized, you know, this isn't, this isn't who I am. This isn't what I want to do. Like the, the money was wonderful. The success was when I traveled all the time. So I got a little bit caught up in the comfort of it and, and the luxury really of it. But, you know, it was kind of like one of those dark nights of the soul (laughs) type of thing that brought me back to, you know, this isn't your purpose. This isn't, isn't what you've come here to do. But the way I sort of transferred it over was I opened uh, an organic juicery where I formulated my products like around traditional Chinese medicine and had a lot of 
energetic components in my business. So like where you could buy crystals and things that really would help you feel more alignment in, in terms of your own energy. And in that Chinese medicine, in the ancient practices, they connect the systems of the body with the planets. And so that's really where, I mean, I was practicing with the moon since I was my early twenties, my older brother, Tommy had to work with the moon. So I was always connected to the, the lunar energy and that aspect of following the cycles of the moon. And I would talk about it with my clients at the juicery. And then I had just an overwhelming amount of people ask me to do ceremony, moon ceremonies. And if I would coach them more, and I would kept saying no, <laughs> until, <laughs> of course, um, because it was such a, I was always a, such a ritual based person, but it was my ritual, right? It wasn't for anybody else. It was yes. a very private and vulnerable practice that was mine. So I eventually gave in and started doing ceremonies and bringing women together in circle and creating the space ultimately for healing on multiple layers. And this is how it sort of evolved into doing what I do now, you know, by just taking that leap of faith of exposing myself, you know, and really, you know, the things that I used to do in my bedroom with the door closed. <laughs> This is where I think I heard about you from our mutual right. friend, and this was a, must have been a few years ago because it was pre-pandemic. Where they said, "What was the space called, Karina?" Moonshine. Moonshine. Yeah. So yeah. my friend went in to purchase something, talked to you, and she was like, "You need to meet this woman." <laughs> but I guess you didn't know. I don't think you had had a conversation with her before, but you just said something really profound to her as she was checking out, like her purchase. Okay. <laughs> and then it prompted her to book a session with you. And then her like world exploded. Like she called me after the session. She was like, you need to connect with Karina. <laughs> and I kept Googling the space. And I think also like started following you on socials and stuff like that. But I love that. Yes, I'm smiling so big just because it, it felt serendipitous meeting you. It feels serendipitous talking to you now. I mean, this is a great place to start. You yes. mentioned separation. <laughs> yes, yes. Can we talk a little bit more about that? And then also history as well? Like I'm using vague terms, but I know that you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, so right. You know, obviously I had no idea when I started studying astrology and reading birth charts, what I was going to see. I I'm not exactly trained like a traditional astrologer. I, I had the fundamentals and then just sort of, it just became a very strong knowing of, of what I see in charts and the patterns I see in charts. So what started to come up that was definitely something uh, I was afraid of and did not exactly know how to handle was the one thing I could see for sure was people's pain. And a lot of it was subconscious or from past lives or something that has, has been uh, significantly suppressed. And in that pain and the wounding that I started working with, with my clients, sexual wounding became a theme 
a very strong theme and not just in, in this lifetime, but like really strong triggers, which was my own trigger in myself of, you know, any sort of abuse or sexual assault against women. And this sort of opened up a deep passion in, in terms of understanding the history of how long women have been oppressed sexually, because that's, you know, definitely a way to break a woman's spirit is by that type of trauma temporarily, hopefully. It sort of tied back those sort of ancient Egyptian practices that I loved like as a teenager. Like I remember buying a book on sacred sexuality and the practices when I was like 19 and just sort of lost it a little bit. So I started going back to the history and sort of looked at when did this start happening to women and why are we still putting up with this bullshit, you know, of our, of, of this wounding. And, you know, if, when you look back in ancient Egyptian times, our sexuality was the way we connected to the gods. It was a way we connected to our higher selves. You could do this as a solo practice, but they taught a lot of aspects around unionship and, and merging the divine feminine and masculine energies together to create this spiral of energy within us that basically penetrates the heart and the third eye and opens us up to different types of consciousness because pleasure induces so many different types of chemicals in the body that it alters our mind in a lot of ways. It's very euphoric. So in the ancient times, sexuality was like going to church almost, right? Like it was like our spiritual practice to connect to the gods, to understand our power. And especially for women to be like initiates of the power of that power and, and basically being able to use that creative power to birth really anything that they wanted in their lives or to expand their energy out was massively healing. And it was led with being in the container of love. And you know, a lot of historically, a lot of this, these stories of these divine feminine mentors like Mary Magdalene and Isis and, you know, Lilith and Sekhmet, you know, they're very twisted in, in terms of us being like demons and bad and like using this to like convince men and like to, to create sin and all this bullshit. Right. But it was really just a way to oppress our, our power. So in sort of unraveling this big sexual wound, you know, I've had to kind of look at where that started from. And, you know, ultimately, and you can even look at this right now with the virus is, is if you want to dismantle ambition or somebody's motivation or their power is to create separation. And that to me is, is where the wounding really started was taking the separation that our bodies, pleasure, you know, using this creative power was shameful. And this is something that I'm like super dedicated to bring back, you know, that the art of understanding our cosmic womb, which is basically starts at the clitoris and goes into the center of the womb have these gateways and this pathway to open up dimensions of really who we are. And when you can utilize sex in a spiritual way, whether this is for yourself, I teach women a solo practice, 
although like unionship is beautiful, this is really the ultimate way we can connect with who we are, you know, lead in our authenticity, not really care about what people think about us, take away all those aspects that separate us from, you know, our ultimate power and sort of bring that back as the foundation of really how to be in our center. So I know that's a lot. It's a big explanation, but you know, it's, it's, it's a lot for me to talk about. Like it's a lot to teach. It's a lot to explain to people um, in terms of what I do, but it's, it's really quite simple. It's, it's a really simple process. It's just a matter of unraveling the layers and the walls and like the shame that we've wrapped around it. That's really the hard part. It's like once we can kind of unravel that and why they're there, then the process of really connecting to that creation energy is really easy. Yeah, I was just about to say it. it's like so much, but then so simple at the same time. And I think you're absolutely correct in, in just noting how layered it is. And even as I'm listening, and you and I have talked about this before, but this, I feel like when I met you and you told me about this, it's like my mind just exploded. You know, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense to me because I was raised in the church. And of course, like in the church, you feel, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but for my, my own experience in the church, you know, you, I felt so disconnected from my sexuality because that's how the church is. Like there's, it's very restricting. Mm -hmm. There's rules. And like, I don't even know if restricting is the right word, like oppressive. Oh, it's so oppressive. A better word of just saying, if you have sex outside of marriage, you're bad. And if you do this, it's a sin. I've chatted about this in a previous podcast episode with a friend who was also raised in the evangelical church, but it's like a classical, it was a classical conditioning for me to literally learn that even like a thought, a sexual thought was bad. Mm -hmm. So that compounds over time. And it's insane how even as I'm sitting here today, you know, I, I mean, I'm doing the work, but I still don't feel like I'm in my sexual power because it feels, I'm still grappling with that mindset of you're bad. Like it's bad to be sexual. It's bad to have lustful thoughts. And after I worked with you, you know, it's like recreating that narrative to say, no, this is where your spirituality is. Like that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've been in this for centuries, right? So of course it's going to take time to even myself, like, you know, when I'm talking to people about it, I have really no shame, but putting a post on Instagram, that's really, you know, where my uncle is on it. And my, you know, my cousins that are young, you know, like I still have shame uh, attached to talking about sexuality. And I make it very clear, you know, that my work isn't about the act of sex at all. When you have a Scorpio moon, (laughs) that, (laughs) that desire is definitely there. I've always been a very sexual person, but it's not about the act of sex. It's, it's about your vibration. It's about your energy. It's about you being exactly who you are and not giving a shit about what anybody thinks about it because you know who you are. 
but like communicating that and, and to have people understand that is it's going to, it's going to take time. And it is like, although one of my mentors hit, you know, always tells me it's not work. And I'm like, but it is work. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, but it takes devotion, right? Like yes. this is something that you can just manifest. This is devotion. Um, and, and sometimes it doesn't feel good. And sometimes you really have to face certain things and memories um, yes. that don't feel good. Yes. And I, what I'm thinking about is what you initially said about noticing pain when you were doing readings around mm-hmm. sexual wounding. Yeah. What I'm thinking about is how there's so many people walking around right now that are disconnected from that like divine feminine energy but it's and I mean I could be one of those people (laughs) like there's so much fear attached to it yeah like there's like this disconnect and then fear on top of it and you know I'm committed to working and sitting with and addressing that fear but like a lot of people aren't no and I just think like as a collective it I mean, I can feel it. So I'm sure you feel it just like this collective wounding or collective pain in society. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like in one of our previous discussions about, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that's going to go out there and protest and hold the sign and be like that fighter war. Like, that's not really who I am, but in helping one person, then you raise the collective vibration and the collective healing. And anyone who works with me is going down a healing journey for sure, which is why a lot of people are a little bit, I don't want to say scared, but they are. There's a lot of people that will like come right out and say, I'm, I'm kind of terrified to work with you, but I know I need to. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to me, the healing journey never really ends. You know, you're just, you're just going through layers of ego, you know, to become more connected to your enlightened self, your light. So if you work on this healing, and this has been said by many people and many, um, you know, healers, but when you work on your own healing, then you also heal the collective. And I think that's really important, especially right now when there's so much trauma by staying centered in your own energy and working on yourself and being nice to other people and having compassion for other people's journey. This is ultimately to me, what changes the world. Or what I think about when you say that is when you begin to heal, you're breaking generational cycles, Yeah, which is so powerful. I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> Always have questions. <laughs> I'm answering them. <laughs> it's the Gemini in my sign. So many questions. <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking about as we're talking about this collective healing is in previous discussions, we've chatted about, can you just say a little bit more on the church and war have separated us from our sexuality because in war, there's acts of sexual violence being. Yep. Genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just say more, a little bit more on that? Because I'm trying to get my words out and not saying it right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, 
I guess the information that I have seeked was is really how it it all began and and that war is really the ultimate act of separation right um and a delusional way of seeking power so to take power you you create the separation from someone understanding their own power and most of the time it's it's just enough right like any big leader that has been like delusional with power has has suppressed people enough so that they don't really, they have enough to survive, but they don't go beyond that. You have to get to a point where you've taken like the hope away from somebody so that they will ultimately fight back. And I mean, I'm not sure exactly about war in particular, but this is, is really, you know, the ultimate crime. And this is what has been happening to women forever and still is like look at Afghanistan like the reason why women don't fight back is they know the consequences and and it's okay for you know a man to do whatever he wants to that woman so it's suppressed that aspect of even remembering you know mm-hmm. our ultimate ability in the first place as the creator women are the creators men find divinity through the feminine. And when you take that away and create that separation from a woman, of course, it's going to give the the male species, the masculine, the ultimate power. And, you know, this stems back from when women used to be leaders. In ancient Egyptian times, for the most part, women led. And Unfortunately, evil people and systems came into play that wanted to take that power away. And that's how they did it. And that's ultimately how sexuality and spirituality became separate. The thoughts that are surfacing for me as you're sharing that is in psychology, there's this term called learned helplessness. Yeah. Basically, it's like, even if the door is open and I can walk out, like I'm not going to because I'm afraid. Yeah. Even right now, if everything just completely shifted and changed, I'm sure there are so many women that are like, I can't like step into my own power. I can't do this. I'm afraid. Yeah. Because of history. Yeah. Because this is like, these are the layers, right? And you know, in transformational astrology, it's also called evolutionary astrology. I am really focused on the outer planets uh, and outer planets are definitely more subconscious and they're more past life. Like you really kind of have to dig into it. Like it's, it's the hidden information or even the oppressed information. So that's usually one of the first things I go to, maybe not the first and not, we don't go right to the darkness right away. <laughs> Gotta like um, step lightly into the darkness. <laughs> for me, the darkness isn't scary, right? For me, but this is something I had to learn myself. But is for me, the darkness is not devoid of light. It's just concentrated source energy. It's so concentrated. So it has all the information that we're seeking. But you have to be okay to sit in that darkness and not know, right? Have you have to be able to sit in, in that uncomfortableness and that uncertainty. 
and trust what's coming to you. So when you can start going into these subconscious patterns, or for me, I do a lot around past life stuff um, because evolutionary astrology means, you know, we have a soul and I almost think of it as a tube, like almost like an umbilical cord in a tube. And that tube is sort of your lifeline that takes you to your soul point. And along that lifeline, you hold all those memories of that life that has happened in previous dimensions or lifetimes, whatever you want to call it. Time is very, a very interesting thing. But when you're being birthed, I'm going down a, a totally different path. But I think I'm right here with you. I'm right okay. <laughs> when you're in the womb and you're being developed, like again, it's, it's that umbilical cord connects us to the planet Uranus. And Uranus holds the memory of our soul. It's called the Uranian realm. So as you're being developed, you're in that realm. You're going to these lifetimes. You're also connecting to this realm through your your mother and your mother's experience as well, which is very, uh, which is a very interesting thing to to learn about is what was your mother's experience as she was pregnant with you. But as you're being developed, you're remembering all of these aspects of these lifetimes in the brain that you have in this lifetime. So as you're birthed and the umbilical cord is cut, you're, you're disconnected directly from that Uranian realm, but you still, I, I believe we embody the planets. I don't think we're separate from the planets. Uh, as you know, I believe the planets are connected to the cosmic womb, but you have to dig into those memories a little bit while we're here. And a lot of times we think it's our imagination or we're making it up or how can that possibly true be true, but it is. And once you can kind of go to those sort of subconscious places and understand that it is your truth, most people have a very strong emotional response from it. So if you have a, a visceral response to a memory that you don't really think is real you have to believe that it's part of your story and your history and who you are and once we can kind of look at those darker aspects or those hidden aspects as I call them then this is really where we can evolve and even as I was talking about this theory um, with one of my mentors she said and I wonder if as we're being birthed and we're going through especially if it's a painful memory of our past and we're being burst into this dimension and then you're cut off from the being directly connected. Like as a baby, we wouldn't know how to, how to be able to discover this, but, you know, being separated from that soul memory, especially if it's a painful thought can really influence a lot of our subconscious patterns in this lifetime too. And this is the way I think you really uncover this is looking at your patterns, looking at your triggers. Like, what are you emotionally triggered by that possibly doesn't make sense? And this is how I worked on myself. Anytime I saw anything about rape, even if it was like in a movie, like Clockwork Orange, like at that beginning scene where that girl, like I would get like absolutely enraged I remember yelling at my boyfriend why the fuck would you think I would want to watch like I would just go enraged but it wasn't my personal story so 
there's so much connected to our subconscious that astrology, the type of at least the type of astrology that I do can show us for our really our, our personal evolution, which eventually, which is sort of your point of your question helps us step into our power. Sometimes I feel like diving into this is like cutting like a really big cake. <laughs> You're just like, Oh, there's like so many layers and it's so thick and it's so big. And it's, I sometimes feel overwhelmed because I'm yeah. like trying to look at the whole cake versus just taking a bite off. And my, I guess my question is, and I'll use myself as an example. I just went through like a full range of emotion listening to you, like went through yeah. all the emotions, like fear, anxiety, <laughs> elation. Like, yeah. yeah. And here's what I'm thinking as a human listening, a human that grew up in the church was like oppressed in the church, a human <laughs> with so much sexual trauma. Yeah that is wanting to step into my own divine feminine and explore all of that. What I keep thinking about, like where the anxiety piece for me is, first of all, it's sitting with those activations or triggers that I don't know why they're there. That's the first piece. And then the second piece is the idea that there's, it's still happening. The oppression is still happening globally. Yeah. And I, it's really hard for me to not get caught up in that because I, I think like I do feel a learned helplessness where it's, I want to, I want to, I don't want to use the word fix, but I want to address what's happening in my own body and spirit, but then I can't address and fix what, what's happening in everyone's body and spirit. Yeah. And that feels conflicting for me. So then I don't want to try at all. Yeah. Obviously that's my own stuff to work through, but I guess just saying this out loud in case anyone else that's listening is having those same thoughts just to affirm. And I feel like, I feel like that's probably a pretty common response. Mm -hmm. um, if you're dialed in or empathic or intuitive or what have you, but my question attached to that would be how would someone like me take a little bite of cake, just a little first yeah. Step, like what is that first step and uh, maybe you can talk about your program here but I think it's important to ask this because yeah a lot of people might feel so overwhelmed well this is the state of the world we're living in where it's like yeah 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 it's like it's so overwhelming so you just shut it off and then you live in that surface level space where you're like this is fine but it's yeah. that surface level disconnected space so if we were to baby step this down what might that look like yeah I mean, to really understand aspects of your personality and your soul personality, I mean, having an astrology reading is a game changer. I so agree. I'm just put that out there. I'm put that I out literally there. tell everyone about you. <laughs> like, book with Karina. That's crazy. I don't want to use um, the word crazy, but like, book with Karina and buckle up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish I would tell you like when you're going to meet your soulmate and money and all that stuff, but that's not, that's, I mean, sometimes that comes up, but that's not usually what does, but yes, knowing your birth chart is a game changer because it's like your map, right? It's your cosmic blueprint, but wait, can I ask a question yeah. before you go, before you dive in? I have a very skeptical friend and he's like, astrology isn't real. 
you know, it's yeah. like, it's not, what, what might you say to someone who holds that belief? <laughs> Book a session with me. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, actually, I said, I'm going to buy you a session with Karita. You just wait. I mean, if you believe that everything is energy, you know, and, you know, we're part of, we're like a small speck in this universe. Of course, the planets have influence. Like, I mean, look at what the moon does, you know, to water and to like plants and, you know, our ecosystems. I mean, it's really, I've had to step back, like, and say, it's not my job to convince people, but yes, I, that's I mean, a- it's like never wrong, right? It's never wrong to me, but but I do believe that there, like the the magi's and the ancient philosophers around astrology really looked at it as energy, and you know the energy of the opportune time. Like I call it the cosmic call to action. Like what is that opportunity that the planets are giving you right now? Because you still have your personal will right? Personal will can be interjected at any point that will overpower. Uh, well, sometimes, most of the time, the planets win eventually. <laughs> but <laughs> at moment, you still have your personal will. But, you know, it's, uh, to me, it's everything. And it has shown me like diving into astrology and, and diving into how we can embody that energy is, is my whole life. So um, if anyone doesn't believe in it, they can have a conversation with me, <laughs> Agreed. but <laughs> if you don't want to go into the, your blueprint, if that's not your thing, then a very easy thing to do is to journal. So journaling pen to paper really connects you to your subconscious. You ask the question, see what comes up. And what you might want to pay attention to is patterns. So repetitive patterns, especially around your limiting beliefs, will tell you a lot about your past and and what you need to uncover. And and like we've just talked about triggers, you start paying attention, like there's triggers that obviously happen that you are very aware of why they're there from personal experience. But I haven't uncovered basically my whole life purpose around a trigger that was not my experience that I did not know why it was there. And I did many past life regressions around it and meditation and dream work. And, and, you know, I came to a point of a past life regression where I won't get into it because it's really gross, but where I was literally on the floor crying so hard that I had to believe that, that it was true. And I think when you can kind of map out your emotions, which is, you know, I'm a very big believer in Chinese medicine and in Chinese medicine, you know, the, there's, they believe that the, the, the motion is the roadmap to any sort of ailment in the mind, body, and spirit. And that's why journaling is so great too, because it's like a way to sort of put your emotions down on paper and really look at them and sit in them. Right. And this is an aspect of separation too. Like we've been trained to not be emotional. Yes. We've been trained to not cry. We've been trained to not show somebody your weakness or your vulnerability. And this is to me really wrong because your emotion, when you have an emotional response to something, it's there for a reason. And the more you can look to that and uncover it, 
that's really to me healing and personal evolution. Because basically what I believe is, you know, you, you, you've come here, obviously I believe in multiple lifetimes, you've come here with the destiny for sure. And that destiny can be a purpose like of what you're doing out in the world, but it can be, it can be solo too. It can be your personal healing journey and breaking patterns that we keep repeating that are usually ancestral. So if you can dive into this and heal and open it up and really look at it, this is how we evolve. None of us are enlightened if we're here. <laughs> None of us are enlightened beings if we're still here on earth. So there's still learning and uncovering and breaking these patterns that we still have to do. So to become more enlightened, that's where I believe in, uh, in terms of what we look of what we want to look to for evolution. And I use astrology as my map. That's where I see your pain. That's where I possibly see repetitive patterns. That's where I see your purpose and like a lot of great things about you too and where your strengths are for sure. But you can get a lot of information about those things using evolutionary astrology. I also think to add into this as someone who's attempting to yeah. do this work, how important it's been for me to have someone to talk to as I'm doing it. Yeah. Like-minded individual. Yeah. Because as you were sharing that, I kept thinking about how do I say this is maybe someone makes a decision to do the work, but then there's no one in their immediate friend circle that understands the value of the work or is willing to do the work themselves and they're judging it then that person might not move forward with it because they like they feel weird about it or they feel like it's quote unquote like not real or whatever because that yeah. like there's still that like even though people are breaking cycles doing this work wanting to learn and grow there still is a collective narrative for sure that's you know prominent in being like let's not do the or like whatever let's not do the yeah. work or the work like this is more important or this is more important. And yeah. I, I know, and I'm sure you do too. Like I notice both streams of thought. I can, I can feel both streams of thought. Like when I'm on the subway or on the streetcar, like I can feel yeah. it as an energy and it it's insane. And I, I just think in my own life, what's really helped me continue to do the work has been like having people that I can just call and say, okay, just had this session with Karina. Like, can we talk about this? Like yeah. people to just validate and affirm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I definitely have people in my life that if I didn't have like the cosmic creation code for one thing, which is basically my theory of what we're talking about. And, you know, I have a couple of very good friends that if I didn't have them, you know, I would wonder if it was, true <laughs> you know because yes. I because I, I I mean the way it all came came to me was very overwhelming but I will speak to this validation point a little bit to just to hopefully inspire anyone to do the work and that is any sort of external validation is like a temporary band-aid right like it's a temporary it's great you know and, and like I said I'm so thankful for my circle of, of women around me and my and men. But 
the validation really comes with results. So if you can trust yourself enough and love yourself enough, like this is, this is really about you loving yourself enough to be devoted to your life and your potential really, and do the work, you will see results. And that's when the validation is affirmed. That's when you can really, you know, it's, it doesn't have to come from an external source. You have everything that you need. And Um, And this is something I've even seen in my clients, like my theories are very different. The way I read astrology charts is very different. The way I approach people is very different. So if I, from the beginning, seeked external validation, I probably wouldn't do what I do. Where I started getting validation was, you know, six months, especially after about a year of reading charts and working with women and mentoring women, because I really like I love doing astrology readings, but I love working with women long-term because that's really where I can see and, you know, be with them throughout the transformational process. But after about a year, the feedback, you know, was crazy. Like my testimonials are about their lives changing, you know, and that's what gave me ultimately the validation due to the next step and the next step. So I totally understand what you're saying. Support system is incredibly important, but really like, again, your, your true evolution will come with you understanding that external validation is is not really what you need results, Mm -hmm. your life changing, you know, new people coming in your life, money, you know, like all of those things that when your vibration changes and you start attracting the things that you inspire to be, then you realize that you've changed. I'm smiling really big right now, but also again, with holding those two opposing streams of thought, like as I'm listening, I keep just recognizing my own fear. Yeah. And this is, I think it's really important to speak on this as someone who's like trying to do the work. It's really scary. You know, it's just, it's scary. And I keep reminding myself, it's okay to feel afraid. I don't know if I have any thoughts beyond that, but I just, yeah, I think it's important to speak to the fear because sometimes in listening as a third party to things like this, there might be the assumption of like, oh, this is going to be easy or like, it'll, you know, I'll just feel joyful the entire time, but I don't, I don't think that's realistic. (laughs) No, it's not. But what I will say to Um, the fear aspect is, I mean, this is a very common thought around it, but usually what you want is definitely on the other side of it. Yes. And the fear, at least when I look at the biggest fears for myself was, you know, not really failing necessarily, even though that's always something, but I, I find a lot of women that I work with are more afraid of what success looks like for them and 100% me yeah because then you're exposed you're seen anyone who has trauma does not want to be seen so the fear of of succeeding and the fear of being in your power so we've been then this comes back to that separation aspect right we've been so separated from being powerful that what does it look like when we are Yes. Yes. 
for me, that's my, that's the, the, the thing I'm scared of the most is my yes. own power. And this is something I'm still working on. And I still have uh, possibly, I don't know if shame is the right word, but a lot of shame around. Yes. I, I don't even have words because I feel like you just, yes, said it all. <laughs> That's so true. I think about that often. And I was actually yeah. chatting with go, I think I told you about the woman that I go see who does somatic like body work, like yeah. releasing trauma from the body. And she said the same thing. She said, I am, t- I'm terrified of my own power. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. I think about that a lot. So thank you for for speaking to that. And what I'm curious about, do you want to share how you developed the creation code or like how it came to you and what everything means, like the gateways? Sure. Okay. Speaking of vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because what I've realized I'll, I'll tell you this the night that a lot of this came into play, but what I realized about my ancestors and for women, you, you really want to look to the matriarch. You want to look down the path of your mother in terms of, and there are definitely aspects as a father too, but it's in terms of breaking ancestral patterns, you want to look to the mom, the, the, the female, the mother. And for me, like what I've realized is I've come from very strong, wild, sexual women, but they didn't do anything with it. You know, they had, I shouldn't say it like that. They followed a traditional path, right? And, and they're happy and that's great, but I don't, I'm 42. I don't have children. I'm not married. Like I've definitely taken the path less traveled and possibly stopping a lot of ancestral patterns and allowing this wild spirit of my lineage out. And what happened to me was I started mind mapping because I'm like, we're getting this wrong about the planets. (laughs) They're not separate from us. They have to, the energy has to be within us. Um, You know, I was reading a book on one of the Magdalene manuscripts around holding a container for energy, right, for transformation. And this didn't happen like just in one night, but the big thing that came to be was I was in bed in a little bunkie, like in the woods, (laughs) and all of a sudden five columns of light appeared in front of me. And I knew immediately who the first four were, but I didn't know the last one. Um, And it didn't look like something. They just had a frequency to them. And I knew they were divine feminine ascended masters. And they came to me and said, there is ancient wisdom that has been stolen from us. And we, we need it to come out. We are, we are gathering, you know, light leaders and our leaders to bring this information back to women because ultimately the feminine has been so pressed and this is what's going to raise the feminine energy. And I was given instructions to wake up at a certain time in the night with like just a candle and just write what was given to me. And it was crazy. Like, so talk about needing a support system. Yes. (laughs) Well, I had two very good friends, Celeste and Michelle, who I discussed this with. Otherwise I I would have possibly thought I was 
losing my mind a little bit because I was getting diagrams and like just information that I had never heard of before. And now that I'm diving into writing a book on it and I'm teaching this course, there are lots of connections. And one of the mentors that I have who studied the divine feminine for 35 years, I, I, I approached her because I was like, I'm getting this information. It's all channeled, but I'm so nervous that it's wrong. And she started working through it with me. And a lot of the information was new to her, but she's like, but here's the connection. Like, here's the story. You know what I mean? So it started kind of compiling all the information together. But essentially what they gave me was information around the cosmic womb, which again, starts with the clitoris to the midpoint of the womb and that there are nine gateways. So each gateway was attached to a planet's energy and a feminine mentor to help you unravel information around this gateway, which would, it's a gateway is like, think of it almost like your chakra system. So the cosmic womb is our feminine chakra system. So each gateway is like this portal that has a certain frequency to it and which just holds energy and information. So when you connect to this gateway, you open up sort of this pathway of allowing your own light, your own creation energy to attach to your Uranian realm. So it remembers basically your soul memory. But in this teaching, when you can look at your planet, like, so for instance, the clitoris is the sun. So if you can look at the placement of your sun in your chart, what house it's in, are there other planets around it, you know, what sign it's in, it gives you information of what work needs to be done on that gateway. So the planets, again, they're just the map, the energy that that give us the information about ourselves to really tap into that ultimate power of who we are. And again, this, these are ancient practices like sacred sexuality isn't something new, but one of the things that I took from it very strongly was that women can do this alone. They don't need a partner. We don't need anything outside of ourselves to use this creative power to basically birth things because that's what it is. It's a birthing process. You know, we're taught about manifestation which I really, you know, I believe in as well. I believe our thoughts definitely form things and attract, you know, we attract what we think as well, but that's more of an expansive energy and looking outside of ourselves. But this is more of a process of birthing. So, you know, as women, you know, um, one of the, the things that I've had to really think about in my life is if I want children and I've never really wanted to have children, And I was in Sedona when I was around, I think I was 34 or 35 or maybe even younger, but mid thirties. And of course it happened in Sedona. Um, (laughs) But I had a woman approach me. She was a shaman and she, we were talking and she, she asked me, do you, do you want to have children straight out? And I told her, (laughs) (laughs) you're just chilling. And she comes up to you and it's like, Hey. <laughs> this store looking at things and um she's like I feel very strongly I feel compelled to tell you that you know some women are meant to birth different things I love that so much and this 
concept. And I know I'm, again, I really need an editor and I really need someone to like take my thoughts and make them like very, you know, to the point, but essentially this is what this does for us. It allows us to birth the things that we ultimately desire in our lives. Like if we, women are the creators, we are the creators, we create life. So we can also create the the life that we want, our own reality that we want. So instead of manifesting where it's very mass, a very masculine sort of way of doing things where we think in the energy and I love that. I love manifest. I love the whole aspect around it, but ultimately we don't manifest the life we want. We birth it. Like it, it it's, it's a creation, right? And anyone that has built anything realizes the work it takes, right? The work it takes, the layers of growth it takes, you know, the connection, the devotion, all of those things. And that's birthing. That isn't manifesting. So the Cosmic Creation Code is essentially a guide to take you through the gateways that takes us back to that ancient way of connecting to our sexual energy to really be in our own power, understand who we are and birth the life that we want. I have three questions. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the first, or is maybe more of an assumption, but just say you're doing this journaling practice and you're noticing this same repetitive thought or trigger (laughs) that keeps surfacing could that be connected to a gateway and then that's connected to a divine uh, mentor? So then inadvertently, like what you're noticing in a journal prompt is actually like a greater cue of where yeah. the healing needs to be done or how, who you need to yeah. work, work and connect with. Yeah, absolutely. Cause Fine. it's just like, like the chakra system, you know, if you have a blockage in your throat. Yes. So it would be a very, and, and like you have a hard time expressing yourself and there's that connection. It's the same. You can think of this gateway system as, as, as a very similar type of ideology as, as your, the chakra system. So for instance, if I have a laser focused appointment, like my lunar light sessions, where we have to go to the, the gateway that I feel needs some movement or flow or some realization or actualization is usually between the cervix and the earth gateway of the womb. So the cervix has two parts to it. One is external, like in the vaginal canal, and one is internal in what's called a transitioning zone, a cervical transitioning zone. And this is where like a lot of cervix is connected to Neptune and Neptune definitely can give us a lot of illusion in our life, but it ultimately is the planet that shows us our spiritual freedom where we let go of judgment and forgive people and forgive ourselves and really be able to transition into the womb space and it's essentially going from physical energy to cosmic energy which is you know a type of healing and enlightenment so yes yeah, so i mean that's a long answer to your question but absolutely another gateway that i see a lot in women and is probably maybe even their favorite to work with is 
the fire gateway, which is on the right side of the womb. And this is where Sekhmet lives. And this is where that holy rage um, aspect of the feminine live. And this is like the one that, you know, like you're even smiling. (laughs) Sekhmet is like my mentor. I'm like, yes. But, you know, we've been taught as women to be to like a goddess or the goddess energy or the feminine energy is, you know, it's gentle and blah, blah, like all of those things, which it can be like mother Mary is a very gentle frequency. you know, that's just floods you with unconditional love, but segment isn't she's that lioness that's going to come right to your face and, and provoke you almost to get mad. And, we attach anger, anger can be very unproductive, but it can also be very productive because it's initiates that fire of why you're going to do something for me, be very easy for me to just do astrology readings and just, (laughs) you know, and that's it, but it's not my why it does. It's not my fire, you know, empowering women to really step into their personal power is so like that fire aspect is a game changer in a lot of transitional aspects of growth. So Mm -hmm. yes, it's, it can definitely be like the book that I'm reading will, will be a sequence guide to going into each one, which I think is important to do first, where you sort of just open up each one and really just unravel those layers. But really at the end of the day, you can go to very targeted and specific thing and gateway. Okay. I know we previously talked about this in the outline, but just like a simple practice that we can do to connect with the feminine mentors, like is self-pleasure yeah. the way? It's, it's definitely one way. Now we want to look, so <clears throat> pleasure is the igniter of creation energy. So it ignites that frequency, that energy. When you get into the womb, you can't touch the womb, right? So that's when it becomes very cosmic and very intentional. And like, that's where faith comes into play and doing uh, different types of practices. But a way to just sort of tap into your creation energy, your sexual energy is, is first by starting with pleasure. Now it doesn't have to mean orgasm. So orgasm is, is obviously a beautiful um, aspect of it. Orgasm is definitely what can trigger um, you to connect to different consciousness and to the gods as the ancients used to call it, but pleasure will definitely connect you to your body. Um, And that's ultimately what you want to do. You want to get out of the mind into the body and pleasure is, is, you know, a a way of self-expression to really connect to the body and to understand your own essence, but start unraveling the question, who am I? You know, that would be, that's where we start with the sun. The sun is your life force energy. It's the light that we call in to ignite our creation energy. It's the light that we are. So start some practices around illuminating that illuminating your light and pleasure can obviously do that but so can connecting with the aspects of answering questions that 
you don't know how to answer. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't know how to answer that question. Who am I? That's a big question. It's a big question for me over years of looking at it. You know, there's a very simple answer for me, but start with that question. Like, who am I? And what does it feel like to be actually in my body? Who are you? Are you going to answer it? <laughs> Tell us more. The no, actually, no, I don't want to because if no. this, this is the practice yes. for you, then I don't want to like, it's almost like, like Tell watching me. the beginning of the movie and then me giving you the end of the movie. Um, but start with that question and start with that question like in, in an embodiment type of way because what pleasure does is it moves energy right it's going to definitely move your creation energy and a simple practice actually that you can do to really move your creation energy are root locks so if you're can sitting confirm. can confirm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I did a root lock with you I think I told you this I went into the washroom after and I was like ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I was Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but that's just like no, that's okay. But like it's such a simple thing to do, but such a strong way to connect to what this feels like when I talk about creation energy. What does it feel like? So what you want to do is basically sit on the floor, um, legs crossed. You want your pelvic floor, like as my friend Alyssa says, vagina pointing down. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And and then you're gonna breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. And a root lock is then engaging that pelvic floor, like as if you were to stop yourself from going pee. So clenching all of those muscles and pulling that energy up. So when you think of clenching muscles, then pulling that energy up to the navel and then exhale it out. So it's breathe in. Breathe out through the mouth, root lock, pull and contract up and release. And then just keep doing this. And eventually what you want to do is think of that energy going to the heart and then releasing it. And then you want to think of your energy going up to the third eye and then releasing it. And, and this is a beautiful practice to connect and to empower yourself. Um, and the other thing that um, has been massively transformational in my life is calling on the divine feminine mentor that I want to work with. So there are six in the cosmic creation code. Yours can extend beyond them. They're just the ones that I resonate with. So these mentors have a frequency that I resonate with. And in a frequency, it's just energy and information. So I ask them for their mentorship and and what you want to do is sort of read their stories like go online and you know for me Mary Magdalene is a huge one in my life but I started with Mother Mary and Mother Mary is ultimately here to show us what our purpose and our destiny is and to have the courage to step into that so if that's what you're looking to seek if that's the energy that you want to invoke in your own life then work with that mentor write to them have a space in your house that, you know, honors them, tell them what you need. You, you have to sort of invite them in your life and give them permission to help you. 
and show uh, and express gratitude for their initiation and for their help. So I could probably talk about lots of things for days, but <laughs> those are three things that you can start with. Start unraveling the question, who am I? Practice your root locks like in the morning and at night. And with the root locks too, you know, you can, I, I'm very intentional person. I do everything with intent. And um, so even thinking of an intention I have, which is just planting seeds in the universe, think of an intention and put that intention at the root, you know, at your pelvic floor, at that first gateway. And then when you think about pulling that energy up, pull that intention into your body, allow it to go to the heart, allow it to go to the third eye and activate the pineal gland and watch what happens. And if you have anxiety or you feel nervous about something that you don't understand, doing a few minutes of a root lock and really connecting to your breath is a game changer. And then I, just I agree. find, yeah. And find the mentor that you're attracted to. We yeah. are in a time of the divine feminine completely rising. Uranus is in Taurus. Taurus is a, uh, a sign that definitely contains the divine feminine spirit and Uranus is always about bringing radical change to something. So we're in a cosmically charged time of the feminine to rise. And it's not about rising above the masculine. We have to bring them back to equal. That's that sacred union, right? And that's ultimately, you know, that aspect of everyone is one everyone is equal we're all the same once we can kind of bring that consciousness back that's what really changes things so the more women that step into their divine power this is what's really going to change the the, the collective i agree thank you so much for taking time out and for sharing for sharing everything i so appreciate it and is it okay if i in the show notes, link your socials in case people want of to reach out. Yeah, I, I always feel like after our discussions, I just need a second. <laughs> I like need, I like need to like walk around silently, and be, and I also I also feel like you just have when I tell people about you, I'm like, you just have to experience Karina, you know, because <laughs> you're so knowledgeable. It's just like a Thank little. You when I leave sessions with you, I'm like, we're just scratching the surface. Like you have so much knowledge and it's so amazing. You're just so thankful and grateful for you uh, taking time to share and thankful and grateful for you in general. Ah, thanks. And likewise, I feel the same way about you. Feeling so happy. And also, oh my gosh, we have to end because it's, we're over time, but I'll make sure to link Karina's socials in the show notes. So if you're wanting to reach out to her about anything that you heard in, the, in today's podcast, um, the information is there. Karina, thank you so much for sitting down with me today and appreciate you and looking forward to releasing this episode out into the world. Thank you so much for tuning in and look forward to seeing you all again soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and for joining in on this conversation. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. 
And please feel free to reach out and say hello on social media. Sending lots of love.